0: I'm excited, third week of our series called Viral. Uh, A message becomes a movement. Uh, Just again, make sure everyone's on the same page. Something goes viral. It could be a picture, a video, uh, a story. It goes viral because one person posts it or says it. Other people experience it and for some reason, something happens where they then repost or share it. And usually when this happens, it spreads very quickly. We've we've looked at a couple of videos. Uh, David at the, the dentist. Last week we looked at Charlie Bit Me. These all have a a title to them. Uh, Today we're going to look at a new one. Maybe you've seen this one, maybe you haven't. Uh, It's actually called Chewbacca Mom. Uh, She posted this on Facebook Live, just to give a little background. Uh, She posted something she did, bought on Facebook Live. Uh, She at one point got to a million views somewhat quickly. She went to bed and woke up the next morning, and it had been viewed 24 million times overnight. It's now the most watched Facebook live video at over 175 million views. Uh, watch this video. So here's what's interesting uh, about Chewbacca Mom. Uh, Candace Payne is her name. Uh, she's a follower of Jesus. And uh, she, from this moment, uh, she's already written a book and uh, wrote a book about joy. Uh, she's been on late night shows um, sharing what... Uh, she believes about joy. And, and this is my, my thought. And this is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruin the message for today right now. Um, your moments of your life help lead to the message that you tell. The moments in your life help lead to the message that you will tell. Uh, we, we see this with her, right? She probably never uh, even imagined uh, what would happen. Uh, but but from this very simple thing she probably thought she was sharing to her family and friends, I would guess closer to about 200 million people have seen it. And people will be impacted by the book that she wrote and every time she speaks somewhere because now everyone is wanting her for podcasts and to teach in their church. And so this moment, yeah, she's with Mandisa uh, now. Um, and so that's pretty big, Right. But here, here's just what I took away. Like, I, I know it's funny, I think it's funny, um, but there, there's a purpose to the, the videos I've showed you, right? And for this one, we could probably end, I'll give some more teaching, um, but, but the idea that the moments that you've experienced, your life uh, will, will weigh heavily on the message that you tell. Uh, we, we're looking at this idea that the good news of Jesus is this message, uh, the hope that we have, right? That we have been separated uh, from God because of uh, our actions, because of uh, sin in our world. Uh, but God comes in the flesh through Jesus. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Uh, he shows us the Father. He shows us who God is. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. We see a different way of doing life. He goes to the cross to defeat sin and evil and death. And then three days later, he comes back to life and we celebrate Easter. That is the gospel. That is the good news. And this is good news for everyone. And so there is this thought that Jesus had that when you've experienced the good news, you begin to tell other people about the good news that you've experienced. Right? That, that in the beginning, this was the call or the expectation that was put on the early church, those first disciples, the early followers of Jesus. At the very end, we saw this, uh, we, we've read this each week, uh, Acts 1.8 eight. This is the instruction Jesus gives, really the last teaching to his disciples. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He basically is saying this message, this movement that's been happening is going to go viral, and the reason it is, is because you are going to share. You are going to go. I'm sending you to tell other people about the good news. And I joked the first week, uh, there was no plan B. There's no plan B. This is what God is doing through his people is to share the good news with others. And so this movement has been taking place for over 2,000 years. That you are here, literally we are here halfway around the world from where this first began because these disciples took it seriously. And it is still moving to the ends of the earth. And so we've talked about this. Uh, There's some reasons why we, we don't do this. There's some reasons why we often don't share our faith, that we don't tell people our story, uh, that those moments that are impacting our message, sometimes we never speak about those things. We're afraid. There's a fear. We don't want to impose what we believe on other people. We don't want to sound judgmental. Uh, but I think often we just don't know how to do it. We, we don't know how to share what we believe. And so I didn't start there, though. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to start week one. Here's how you share your faith. We said the first thing we need to do is just begin to pray. Uh, I don't know if you keep uh, a list of people that you're praying for, whether it's sickness or brokenness or things going on in their lives, but, but I hope that you'll begin to just know some people who don't know about God and they just begin to pray for them. Now, let's just start there. Uh, I encourage you to send an alarm at 9.38 each morning that would go off to remind you to pray for those people, to, to pray, as Jesus said, for the harvest and the workers. The harvest is plentiful. I promise there are a lot of people who need to know about the love of God that have never heard about it. And that might be a foreign idea to some of you, that some people wouldn't know anything about Jesus, but in our own setting, in our own country, that is true. That some people have never held a Bible, that they've never read about God, that they've never sat in a church service. I have a good friend who's doing uh, ministry in Kentucky. He has a, a church, he leads a church and a nonprofit and uh, really the, one of the most um, underprivileged, underserved areas in our world. Uh, in in the the Appalachia area. And he will go into some of these communities and he will talk about Jesus and they'll have no idea who Jesus is. They have never heard of Jesus. And so this movement that God, uh, through Jesus, tells his disciples what they're going to do, the Acts 1-8, that you're going to have power, that you're going to be my witnesses, or you're going to testify what has happened, is still happening. And the great thing is, that you're invited to be a part of that. So as you think about the fears, and you think about the worries, and you think about, I don't, I'm not sure I can do that, I wanted, first of all, just to say, let's pray. Begin to pray, because there's people who don't know about God. And hopefully there's some people in your relationships, your family, your neighborhood, who doesn't. That you're connected with people who don't. We're gonna talk more about that next week. Uh, but we begin to pray for our hearts. We don't see each other as us and them. Right? The language we begin to use about people who don't know about God, some of it needs to probably change. And the way we see people and talk about people needs to change. So I say, okay, let's just first start with prayer uh, for the harvest, for the workers, for our own hearts. Last week, uh, we looked at this statement that says, look, when people ask about the hope that you have, be ready to give an answer. But that should be done with gentleness and respect. And so we said, look, before we even talk about what we're going to talk about when we talk about God, uh, let's just understand that it's important how we say what we say, that we have to be gentle and we have to be respectful when we talk to people. And so again, I think uh, one of the main reasons we don't share is we've seen it done really poorly. It hasn't gone well. And so I want us to get a better idea of what that looks like, because I think when we do have sometimes those opportunities or chances, uh, maybe we don't say anything. Maybe we don't know what to say or what to do, Uh, but we can look at some things in the scriptures, the story of God that I think will help us. As you think about the scriptures, kind of a side note, uh, as you read the scriptures, and hopefully you're doing this, hopefully on your own, you're you're reading the Bible and you're uh, thinking about what God is saying. Sometimes you read it for information, right? You you read it just to get information. Maybe you read it and you're like, I don't really know what that's going to do for me. Sometimes it's just information about the story of God. Sometimes it's transformation, You read it, and God begins to transform your heart. And then sometimes it's inspiration. You're inspired. You you, you feel like God is calling you to do something. Information, transformation, inspiration. But in all of that, the questions that we have about how to do what God has asked us to do, he will lay out for us. Uh, God has really made it somewhat simple, that we often make it more difficult than it needs to be. We just have to go looking for the help. Uh, my family went to uh, California on a trip. Uh, my daughter was just a couple years old, went out for a wedding, and we decided to go to Disneyland. And so we go to Disneyland. My daughter was still in a little car seat at the time. We we'd go into Disneyland, and we come back out, and we had a rental car. And when we came back out, the car seat moved a little bit, and we saw this. Uh, this is in a rental car, and those are melted crayons. Which, if you didn't know, that's not good. Uh, if it's your own car or a rental car. What we didn't know, and if you have kids, if you've ever pulled up the car seat, there's like treasure underneath a car seat. You have no idea what's gonna be there or what you might find. Uh, Well, our treasure was melted crayons into the seat of this rental car. We had been at Disneyland for probably 36 hours, it felt like, and so this was not what we wanted to find coming out. So it was one of those, we'll deal with it tomorrow. But I had no idea what to do. Right? It was one of those, like, uh, how do you get crayon out of a car seat? And so you know what I did? I, I just begin to Google it, right? That becomes a phrase. I just, I'm going to go look for answers. I'm going to go find someone who will tell me what to do. And if, if you didn't know this, uh, you put a brown paper bag over it, and then you put an iron on it. The iron melts the crayons, and the bag um, absorbs. There you go. Absorbs the, the crayon. And so here was the problem. We're in a hotel. So I'm on like the third floor of the hotel, and I would get the iron really hot. And then I would take the iron, and I would run downstairs uh, to the parking lot, and I would, I would have maybe 20 seconds, and I would get it, and I'd go back upstairs, and I would get the iron really hot, and I'd run back downstairs, and I'd get the, the crown up. It was unbelievable. It came up. It came up, right? Now, here is the, the kind of ridiculous thing. I needed help. Right? It's okay to need help. It's okay to say, look, I want to share my faith. I have a friend. Someone came up to me afterwards last week and said, there's this person I've been wanting to share with them and I haven't really known how. You've helped me to begin to see how to do that. So we just need help. It is okay to ask for, for help because here's what I believe. If you are wanting to do it, God is beginning to stir your heart. Right? He's beginning to stir your heart that there's someone around you that really needs to hear about hope, And God's love and grace, maybe they're in a difficult place, maybe they're not. But if you're beginning to wonder about it, I have a feeling that God is beginning to speak to you. But it's really important how we say what we say, with gentleness, with respect. Uh, But what we say is also really, really important. And so I want to help you. I think it is important that we speak. Uh, I love St. Francis of Assisi. Uh, he's a theologian. One of his prayers is my favorite uh, prayers. I often uh, read it and, and try to memorize it. It has been really impactful to me. And I heard him say at one point, I heard him quoted as saying, uh, preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. Preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. Which is a great idea, but he never said it. St. Francis of Assisi never said this. It ruined me when I found out that he didn't say this. Uh, He actually traveled all over and was a very well-known preacher. Often would go five villages a day speaking the gospel. And sometimes I think when we hear that statement, like like, live out the gospel always. Preach it with your life, which we should be. Use words if necessary. It is necessary. It's necessary that we speak about the hope that we have. Uh, we don't want to just be good people. We don't want to just be kind and compassionate people. There is a reason that we are, right? God has done something in our lives and in our hearts. And so the reason that we do what we do is because we're pointing to God. We're we're pointing to who God is. And so we, we need to use words. And so when it comes time for us to speak, we need to speak. Listen, Paul, who hated Christians, was against Christians, becomes a follower of Jesus through an encounter uh, with him, and then he begins to help other people follow Jesus. Uh, he says this in Romans ten thirteen. If you don't own a Bible, there's a Bible around you somewhere. That's our gift to you. Please take that. He says this, Romans 10, 13. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you're here today and you're like, look, I don't know if I'm a Christian, I don't know what I believe, I, I'm starting to understand grace a little more, uh, Paul lays it out pretty clearly right here. When you call on the name of the Lord, he saves us, he rescues us, he redeems us, he puts us in right standing with God. All we have to do is to call on the name of the Lord. But then listen to this, what he says, in verse 14, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, let me, let me fill you in with something. Uh, preaching doesn't mean what I'm doing right now. Um, the word preach in the original language would be to proclaim, to speak about, to talk about, right? Right? So, so how are people going to call on the name of the Lord if they've never heard of him? How can they believe in him if no one has ever told them about God? And then this line, just think about how, how great this line is. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? Man, I, I don't know about you, but my life was forever changed because I think some people took this seriously. They took it Seriously. And they saw a little junior high kid who was going through some difficult times and they knew of a boy who had no idea about God. Yeah. How Man, you know how beautiful I think their feet are? Yeah. I, I often will text Kay Wilson. And I've shared this before. I could say this every week is what you do for people matters. Yes. Uh, and so I often will text Kay and Cindy Lamb and we'll just say, hey, thanks, thanks for picking me up. Uh, thanks for taking me to Hardy's after church on Sunday afternoons. Thanks for bringing me into your home. What you, what you did, you may not even have realized, but it was beautiful to me. How would I have not known? How would I have known about God if someone did not tell me? Your feet will be called beautiful, right? Your actions matter. The way you live your life matters. I'm going to say that in a minute. But, but sometimes there is an opportunity for you to speak, and that your words can be extremely powerful in the life of someone else who needs to hear what you have to say. Uh, I took Kennedy hunting yesterday. It was youth season. Uh, my, my beautiful 12-year-old daughter and I, uh, she loves to go deer hunting. This is one of our favorite weekends of the year. She was able to harvest another buck. If you were around here last year, she harvested a monster. This is probably on the other end of that spectrum, but still great. Um, and, but, but she shoots it. We let it uh, expire. We go back out to the deer. We do what you have to do. I don't want to get too graphic, but uh, field dressing it and, and doing what you have to do. And we had some issues. And so I had to go back into the house for a few moments. And if you don't know much about hunting, uh, there are coyotes everywhere and they love to eat uh, what I had just taken out of a deer. And so we go back in. It is pitch black at this point, And I can tell Kennedy's a little hesitant. We have about Four or 500 yard walk we have to make back out to where this deer is and she said dad i'm i'm scared and in that moment i wanted to say me too (laughs) um but but i didn't she was she was afraid that the coyotes are going to be there waiting for us as we return and to be honest so was i right and so i i took some action to make sure we were going to be okay uh but but it really wasn't my actions that made her more afraid. It was the words that I spoke that made her feel okay. Right? That brought comfort in that moment of her fear. It was the words that I said that we're going to be fine. Uh, it's too early. I may have totally lied to her. She's not in here right now, so no one tell her. Uh, but I, I, in those moments, I knew what she needed to hear. It wasn't just what I was doing. It wasn't that I had my, my gun with me just in case, right? It was what I was saying to her. And so just let me tell you, your words will have the opportunity to bring hope to someone. And the, the words that you speak will come out of some of the moments in your life will lead to the message. Your moments will lead to your message. And so quickly, I wanna, I wanna help you out here. Uh, these are gonna go pretty quickly. If you wanna take notes, these are gonna be some things that you can uh, apply to your life as you begin to, to share with people. Uh, the first thing, remember John 3.16. This is a scripture that most people, even if they have not been in church, y- at least know a reference to. Uh, they've seen someone holding a sign at a game. That there's an that idea that John 3.16 is known. Uh, if you don't know it or need a refresher, this is what it says. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. There's a guy that comes to Jesus and he begins to ask some questions. He's wanting to know more about what it means to inherit eternal life and what does it mean. And and so the answer that Jesus gives in this moment is this. When people begin to wonder and question about God, they may have some ideas about who God is. Here's is a great way to start with them. Do you, do you know one of the most popular scriptures? It's John three sixteen, For God so loved the world. Do you know the world? That means you. That you're included in that. And then if you want to go to 17, it actually says that, he, that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. Sometimes we might present that to people that God is just waiting to condemn the world. But, but Jesus says, look, 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 I, I came to save the world, not to condemn the world. Right? So just as you begin to talk and you begin to share with gentleness and respect, John 3.16 is a great place to start. The second one has to do with you. Remember your own need for God. Right? As you begin to think about people and, and those who you want to know uh, Jesus uh, think about your own need for God. When you're reminded about the grace that you need, uh, it means even more when you're able to communicate that with someone else. When you remember that we're all created in the image of God, no matter how people live or the decisions they make or what they believe or the lifestyles, if we really believe that everyone is created in the image of God, it means the person you're talking to and yourself. It changes how you begin to communicate about what you believe. Uh, the moment that you forget about your need for God is the moment you're unable to communicate with gentleness and respect. You will lose all gentleness and respect the moment you forget your need for God. When Paul says all have fallen short of the glory of God, that is all of us. We are all in need of God's grace. And then here, the the biggest chunk that I wanna uh, share with you, uh, we're gonna look at John 9. And that is where we begin to share our moments that will make up our our message. So uh, nine. I'm going to read through this. I may stop a couple of times, uh, but I want to pull out kind of three main uh, ideas. Nine, verse one, says this. As he went along the way, he, Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents that he was born blind? Blind. There was always this thought and this idea that if you were suffering for something, it was because of your sin. Verse 3, it says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground. I figured there was a better way, but this is how Jesus uh, this is how Jesus did it. He spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he said, he told him. Wash it in the pool of Selim. This word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. This is said so like, just kind of out of, you know, just kind of, uh nonchalantly right he was blind jesus puts mud on his eyes he washes it and he says the man went home seeing his neighbors and those who had formerly formerly his former life had seen him begging asked isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg some claimed that he was others said no he he only looks like him just real quickly Uh, As you begin to see your life changed, there are going to be some people who wonder and question if it's for real. Like they're going, no, no, no. I I know, I know who they are. Like, isn't that, isn't that the guy who used to do those things? Oh yeah, I thought that's who it was. Oh, this guy's clean. Oh, he just looks like that person that I knew. So there are going to be these moments as your life has changed or is changing that people are going to question and wonder: Is that really him? Is that really her? But he himself insisted, I am the man. They questioned, how then were your eyes open, they demanded. And he replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Salem and wash. So I went and washed. And then I could see, where is this man? They asked him. I do not know, he said. Verse 13. It says they brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind they now drag him to the religious leaders now the days on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes were was a sabbath therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight he put mud on my eyes the man replied and i washed and now i see some of the Pharisees said this man is not from god for he does not keep the sabbath but others asked how can a sinner do such miraculous signs So they were divided. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he's a prophet. There's something special about this man. Verse 18, it says, the Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. They still don't believe his story. Is this your son, they asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. There's some consequences even here that we see in his life being changed that some things were going to take place because of the decision that he has made or the decision that was really made for him by Jesus. In his life change, there is going to be a few consequences. The second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. Second time, he says, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Love this line. I love it. He's like, are you interested? I think you could take this two ways. One, is he being sarcastic? Right, is he being sarcastic? But I also wonder. Is this the moment where he now gets to share his moments that's becoming his message and he gets to share? Look, are you interested in what's happened to me? Are you really interested in knowing? Because I'd be happy to tell you. Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. Just a little bit of background. Uh, They they did not believe Jesus was the son of God. They didn't believe Jesus was the one coming to rescue, and so they're fighting against that. So if that's a weird language, you don't understand, that's, that's what's happening. The Pharisees are against Jesus, says the man answered. Now this is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So just as you begin to see yourself, I, I, want, I want to help you just with a couple of things. Uh, as you begin to share your message about who God is and what he has done for you, there's an opportunity to share and to focus on your life before Christ. Like your, your past... There is going to be a moment, if not already, where you need to really forgive yourself. That you have to let go of some of the things that have happened in your past. And you'll begin to see that that is actually going to be some opportunities for you to begin to share your message. But you have to at first be able to, to see that you're forgiven, that you're loved, and to move on. But we have a past. Right? And this guy, he starts out just by saying, look, I was blind. Everybody knows it. Uh, It's who I was. So maybe for you, it's selfishness. Maybe God has been working on you and the moment you begin to follow Jesus, he begins to speak about that, that your life was only about yourself. Maybe it's addiction, whatever. There's a lot of things that could fall in, but maybe there was addiction that was a part of your life and that was before you met Jesus and now you at least are working towards that. You're paying attention to that. Maybe you've been rescued and and cleaned uh, from that. Uh, Maybe you saw religion as duty. Right? So let me help you. Some people don't share their message uh, and what God has done just because they think it's not that important. Like they don't feel like they've lived that kind of life. Does anyone really want to hear their story? But, but for some of you, uh, the grace of God went way before you. That, that maybe he has spared you. And so maybe your story is before I even knew Jesus, I was learning about Jesus. That my parents took me and I was a part of a community of Faith. I didn't know anything about him, but that's a part of the story. That's a moment for me, right? That might be uh, a part of your story. Maybe it's being judgmental or you had an anger problem. Maybe it was your marriage or broken relationships. All of these could be moments where you say, before I knew Jesus, this is what my life looked like. This is who I was. This guy just says, look, I was blind. I just know that before I met Jesus, I was blind. And then what happened? Well, he encounters Jesus, right? My, my former life, my life before Jesus looked like that. And then I became aware of Jesus. Like he physically has a moment with Jesus, right? His encounter, but, but we have not. We've not physically uh, felt, walked, tangibly touched Jesus. But if you have come to put your faith in him, you've had an encounter. Whether it was in a church service or as a kid, if maybe it was at a conference, maybe it was just over coffee with a friend, There was a moment where you encountered who God was, that you had a moment that you could point to to say, look, I was fill in the blank and then I experienced who God was and things looked different for me. And it was in that encounter and immediately following the encounter that people asked lots of questions, right? They wonder if it was real. And so maybe that's happened to you or it might happen to you. Uh, but, But I love that he responds, I don't know. I don't know. I just know I was blind and then I had an encounter. I talked about it week one. Some of the reasons we don't share is we just don't feel like we have all the answers. Just start saying, I don't know. It's okay. Uh, I still tell people, I don't know. I have people who come and I love this. I love when people come and say, look, I was reading my Bible. I got to this point and I don't know what it means. And I always tell them I may not either. I might not either. But we can research, we can figure it out, and we can look at it together. Don't be afraid to share your moments that are your message because you're afraid someone's going to say, well, what about this? Just say, I don't know. I just know I was blind. I just know fill in the blank. I had an encounter with Jesus. We are still encountering Jesus. And then what? I could see. Man, These guys are pushing the blind guy, Right? They want to know all these answers. And he says over and over, I don't know. All I know was I was blind. A guy came and he spit in dirt and made mud. It was gross. And he rubbed it on my face. And then I washed. I did what he told me to do. And now I see. Well, what about this? I don't know. I was, I was blind. I encountered Jesus. He touched me. And now I can see. Like over and over, they just press. But for this guy, he's like, I don't know. I just know what my life looked like before I encountered Jesus. I just know what I struggled with, I know what my fears were, I know all of that. And then I encountered Jesus, and I still had some of those uh, struggles, I still had those moments, but you know, it looked different. It looked different. In the midst of my addictions, God was drawing me out of those. He was putting people around me to help me. As I had lived as a judgmental person, even before knowing Jesus, I always assumed the worst of people. I encountered Jesus, and now I see people differently. Well, what about the, I don't know, I I was judgmental, I encountered Jesus, and now my heart is beginning to change. Right, we don't have to have all the answers. Your moments have become your message, which helps spread this movement to people who need to hear it. And I believe that he's putting you close to people who need to to hear maybe your exact story. That the moments that you've encountered, whatever those look like, maybe someone else needs to hear that there's hope as this lady is sharing, uh, Chewbacca mom, uh, that there can be joy, right? That there, you could be more patient or compassionate, that, that lives can be changed. So I was blind. I encountered Jesus. It changed everything. And now I see. It doesn't mean we're fixed. It doesn't mean that we don't have struggles. It doesn't mean that you're going to be now happy all the time. It just means that your life was one way. You encounter Jesus and it looks different. And as you begin to do that, you do that with gentleness and respect. See, here's the difference. Uh, Oftentimes when we speak to people about God, it feels like it's an attack or a debate, right? Uh, It's hard for someone to debate what has happened in your own life. It's hard for someone to say, no, 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 that's not, that didn't really happen. They may question it and they may wonder, but there's no debate. And for some of you, some of you have people who know your former life. And, and before you immediately separate yourself from them and remove yourself from them, maybe um, staying in relationship with them, is, as long as it's healthy and it's not hurtful towards you and it doesn't cause you to do things that maybe is a part of your former life, may, maybe instead of running away from them, uh, you just understand that there's opportunity for your message to make a difference in their life that you'll be able to communicate and to talk to people that maybe I never would be able to. Because your moments, your moments are your message. So you do this with gentleness and respect. It is best done in relationships. Look, you, you might sit down uh, on the metro, and the bus, uh, at school, it might be in an office meeting, um, but, but it's best in relationships as you begin to speak about God. Uh, we're going to focus on that next week. That is going to be our, our topic uh, next week. And then I wanted to end with this because what St. Francis is often misquoted as saying is the idea of living out the gospel. That's true, though. Right? Let's, let's not remove the idea that we don't have to speak about it. But I do think it is important that our lives reflect what we believe. That our lives look different because I was one way, I encountered Jesus, and now my life is a new way. Our lives begin to look different. People might begin to question what happened, but they're going to say, that person's different than what I used to know. or They treat people differently than others. And there's a reason for that because God is changing our hearts and our lives. And so our lives do need to reflect what we believe. So this morning, um, Greg's going to come up. Uh, maybe I, I want to make sure that if you're here and maybe you've never experienced grace and forgiveness and love, maybe you don't have a before Jesus moment. Uh, maybe is, a, is the day when you, you would say, look, I encountered that for the first time. And I'm not saying like someone's new here. Maybe you are, maybe it's your first time in church in a long time. Some of you have been coming to church for a long time, but maybe today would be a moment where you say, look, I'm understanding the grace and love of God, maybe for the first time in a real way. And maybe your before moment is, I just kind of did what I was supposed to do. And maybe today is a day where you realize that no matter what has gone on in your past, no matter what your story is, that there has been a God who has patiently been waiting for you to see him as a good father who deeply, deeply loves you. And then for all of us, and I would encourage you, I would challenge you, uh, maybe you want to write this out. Uh, maybe at some point this week, you just want to take a few moments and you just want to say, man, as I think about my own life, uh, I was blind. What, what did that look like? What was your blind? And then write out, what was your encounter? What, what did that look like? What were the encounters sometimes that led you to see that now you see? Uh, maybe you want to write that out because I, I think if you begin to pray and if you ask God, God, would you, would you give me moments? Would you give a, a, a chance to me to share my story, he will. I don't, I don't guarantee a lot of stuff, but I totally believe. And part of that's gonna be because you begin to recognize it more and more. You begin to see people around you uh, who maybe you could say, hey, uh, we've, we've known each other for a long time. Can I just share part of my story? Can I just tell you my moment I encountered? I know you know I go to church and uh, how I encountered Can I just share that with you? And I think he'll give you those chances. And we will do that with gentleness and respect. We will do it in such a way where they can't deny something has happened in our lives. Would you stand as I pray and we'll sing together. God, thanks for this morning and thanks uh, really how you've been challenging me over the last few weeks as I look at this idea of communicating the hope that we have. Lord, I pray for my friends here today as they think about their own moments that is their message to other people. The message of grace and hope and of love, of purpose to their lives. Lord, I pray that those who are here today and are willing, who are open to share their story will be given opportunities. They become aware of those moments in their lives. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful, God, that we have those before you moments, whatever that looks like, because it is undeniable what you've done in our lives. And so I'm thankful for that. Would you help us to begin to speak about the hope that we have when we're given those opportunities at produce State.